1: Man, this is exciting. Thank you guys so much. Leadership Lean In. This is the first time Leadership Lean In has ever been on a stage. Wow. Fired up
2: about this, show. In the history Fired of up this podcast. This. Leaners, what's
1: Come up, on, leaners? Up. Episode number 53. Wow. That's incredible. Who would have scored 53 points in a game? Like, I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, probably Kobe had some Sunday afternoon Absolutely. at
3: MSG. 53-pointer. Where he had a 53-pointer.
1: I guarantee 53 pointer. you, Kobe had... Yeah.
2: What about this dude led the state in scoring four years in a row? You probably hit 53. We're we're
1: talking about humility today. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. But you probably hit 53. Close to it. Close to it. Close to it. But yeah, 53. I mean, this is episode 53. It's such an honor. We are right here live at the US Conference. We just finished an amazing session. You did session two, you did session one. Both of them were so rich, so awesome, so good. Thank you guys for sticking around and speaking not just to the church, but to the LLI. Mm-hmm. And then had, you had Aiden, w- the worship killed. I felt so moved today with the worship, man. That was yeah, great. shout out to Aiden King, yeah. who is just an absolute living legend. We love him, mate. He's yeah from the <laughs> land down under, mate. His <laughs> voice is... It's got unbelievable friends names mock and shock. (laughs) Yeah, he's no Aiden's the best. So I want to jump right in. We're going to get into the subject of leadership. This is kind of the whole value of our of our podcast, that whatever you lean into, it leans back into you. That's good. So this is a biblical principle. Wisdom. Proverbs four says, if you lean into me, call me your sister, put around my put you around my neck, blah, blah, Then I'll promote you. I'll advance you. So if I lean into wisdom, I get wisdom. Mm. Jesus says, if you lean into me, I lean into you. Remain in me. Remain in me. So we're leaning into leadership just to get a little bit better, to learn something, to grab a hold of something. So you guys are both incredible leaders, authors. Yeah. He, you have a, multiple books. You, you've released how many books now? Two. Two books. Yeah. We're just you, a bunch of authors. You. How many books have you written, Chad? Exactly. I have, well, I've got three published books exactly. and one self-published <laughs> And my next published book, published book number four, comes out in a year. Come on. So I'm ecstatic about that. Love it. Love to write books. So you guys are leaders. I want to get into, here's the first question I'm asking today. Here's the first subject we're covering. Is this phrase, no ego amigo. Hmm. So how do you get rid of pride? How do you get rid of ego? How do you, as a leader, I always think glory. What is it inside of a leader we want praise recognition accolade yeah we want to be celebrated and there's a tension Mm. there because there's the human need but glory you got to give away yeah Mm. and biblically speaking glory only looks good on god that's right we're not made to handle that to be praised to be worshiped to use a biblical reference nebuchadnezzar he's on his balcony he's like wow look how awesome i am god's like no No. let's mess with you for a little while because you need to be humbled so how do I, as a leader, deal with my ego? How do I deal with my pride? I, I feel like God just said this to me. Pr- pride for the purpose, not for the person.
2: Mm, great. Pride for the standards of this movement, for God's calling, for this community, for pouring in. Not for the sage on the stage. Not for the person. Pride for the purpose. Yeah. That's so that. good. Yeah. For, so be prideful in what I'm doing. Yes. Not, not, for, what, not for what I'm getting. Pride for what I'm giving. Wow. Yeah I think if you make it about yourself, you're toxic. yeah you it's no one's going to follow you. you're going to destroy people yeah and you can't sustain it. Yeah. Is it for us is it for me?
3: Pride in the purpose, not pride for the person. I love that. One of the things that I've tried to implement and learn pretty early on in leadership is the spirit of God flows to the lowest place. So if I'm operating from a place of humility, then that's where the Spirit of God flows. So when rain is falling on the top of a mountain, that rainwater trickles to the lowest place and becomes a river. And The Spirit of God is the same way. And so if I'm on the top of the mountain, sure, the water hits me, but it eventually passes me and it goes to flow to the lowest place. And so it's never about me. It's always about we One of the things that helps to calibrate ego for those that are not married, your wife or your husband (laughs) does for sure, but serving, serving others, making sure that our heart is postured to always be of service to someone else. So the greatest thing that we could do when we think, okay, we're waiting on God, we're waiting on, well, what does a waiter do? They serve. Mm -hmm. And so making sure we're always serving and at service to other people because it helps to counteract our ego and and I, I look i think of these three words you said one of them the first one is
2: humility humble yourself number yeah. two is ownership yeah take ownership of your actions but the third one is have empathy yeah. wow and thinking of other people's needs and it's this phrasing how do other people experience you
1: hmm. yeah.
2: you experience yourself this way but are you aware of how do people experience your your, your wording your actions your vision so i was i think of those three
1: And you said something today. Talk to me about that, about self-awareness. What did you say earlier today about self-awareness?
2: So the the truth about awareness is this. Awareness precedes behavior change. Yeah. So to be competent, there's kind of four levels. The first level is called unconscious incompetence. I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. Level two is called conscious incompetence. I'm aware now of feedback and hopefully you're gonna make some changes level three is what's is called conscious competence I'm aware but level four is called unconscious competence it's a part of my DNA it's it's what I do it's who I am it's these morals these values I do without thinking it's character yeah. so but part of it is just getting a team around you as a leader that's gonna call you out yeah, yeah. that's gonna say bro chill yeah that was a little intense yeah. <laughs> you know or um, you're kind of getting lazy on some stuff like have that army of advocates that support, but if, if everyone always agrees with you, yeah. we, you aren't needed.
3: Yeah. So true, right? So true. And they,
1: and they say, you know, uh, pride, they say, is the only disease that makes everyone else sick, wow. besides the person that has it. Wow. So a lot of times I don't realize that everybody, I've made everybody else sick because I got the pride. The pride has overwhelmed me so much that I'm, I'm no longer walking in self awareness.
2: But this is true, though. Like, I think the best leaders, when, when we win, the, they say it was because of you. When we lose, they say it was on me. That's yeah. it. Playing, playing ball at Washington State, head coach Mike Price. Let's go Mike Price. P. legend. <laughs> yes. Went to two Rose Bowls in, in six years in Pullman, Washington. Lowest budget in, in the conference. But <laughs> right. every time we lost, he said, guys, it was my fault. Yeah. I didn't get us ready. I take this one. When we won, all you.
1: Yeah. You guys played so great. And that just made me want to kill for him.
3: Yes.
2: Yes.
1: But, you know, um, it's so funny we're talking about this subject because I I, I don't know why years ago I heard Bishop Jake say what kills leaders is the three G's, the gold, the girls and the glory. Yeah. Yeah. So money. Yeah. uh, uh, Morals. Yeah. And then pride. And, you know, growing up, my dad would always say you can't read your own press clippings. Wow. Don't drink your own Kool-Aid. Yeah. The seduction of leaders is to be enamored with self,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and so there's a in what's the the irony within that is it's it's the core of that is insecurity. So true. Because security can celebrate others, security platforms others. It's like the whole thing: Do you want a platform, or do you want to be a platform? So true. The more confident and secure I am, the so easier good. it is to serve. And to humble myself because I realize it's not about me. No ego, amigo.
3: That's so good. If
1: I don't have ego, I can say sorry. If I don't have ego, I can say I love you. Yeah. Pride is the killer. Yeah. But I think
2: at the essential key point of leadership and pride is having values. Yeah. Having core values for yourself as a leader and for the group that you're leading and staying in, in those pillars. If you lose sight of those values, everything's done absolutely so but, have, but be, have ways to measure and check in and evaluate hmm. don't just do values as an exercise and don't do it if you have values that's going to help not fall into these traps to get seduced by the fruit or the g's and let's go back why are we here i remember our, our conversation at our dinner is it like it's all about the why
1: yeah hmm. start with why why are we here why am i here well, i have a question about that so <laughs> i agree because values are like there's the values that hang on the wall but then there are values that are written on your heart. So good. And it's hard to get values from walls to hearts. But it's even harder to get values from hearts to feet. Mm. So there's a lot of things that in leadership you say you value. But how do I close that gap from these are values that I know I should have to values that I actually live? Do you, ever, do you ever deal with that?
3: Yeah, I, I think leaders either have one or four perspectives which helps to close that gap if it's the right perspective. The first perspective is how others view us. And so a lot of times we lead from the place of how we think others view us. The second perspective is how we view ourselves. And so for some leaders, the basis of their leadership is how they view themselves. He said something earlier today, we will only advance to the self image we have of ourselves. The third image is how the enemy views us. And so when we go back to Numbers chapter 12, we see the, the 12 spies, they, they're they going into the promised land. They come back and they say they view us as grasshoppers. Their perspective was solely on how the enemy viewed them. And then the fourth one, if we can lean into that, is how God views us, which helps us to close that gap of having the values written on the wall, but also written on the tablets of our heart. And then from the tablets of our heart, actually being able to implement them into our lives when we know how God views us and we take it away from the other three perspectives, we can implement that. And I think it allows us to close the gap when we have that, that self image of who he's calling us into be.
1: So great, I love that. You have anything to add well, to that? I would close say a point. lot of leaders are damaged. Yeah. Yes.
2: And they are filling the void of trauma, drama, daddy and mama Yeah, with their actions. They're trying to fill that void of brokenness and hurtness. So they're, they lose sight of, again, the purpose so humble yourself get vulnerable Mm -hmm. ask why am i here what's my purpose what's our purpose let's get clear on the values but measure the values have a team around you that we talk about it we we every single with the group the team are we living our values we're we're some examples you know and it's okay to call some people out in a a loving way in a loving caring way because like i have a brother we would fight you know i have a wife like we sometimes aren't but like it's we we love tough man Leave with love, but let's let's have some conversations. But let's hug it out, cry it out, and let's just keep growing.
1: I think that's the reality: is that there are, uh, there's always going to be a place where I miss a value. I'm a human. There's human error, so I say we value kindness. Am I always kind? <laughs> no. We value generosity. Do I always get generosity right? Mm-hmm. You know. We, so you're right. When I miss it in a value, there just has to be ownership, and if you're really humble, accountability. Yeah. But, that, but that, that's, that's the big part of going, like, if you want a culture that adheres by these values, you're not always going to get it right. And you've got to gotta correct that. I want to bring up the second question. It leads me to this. What are team killers? So you mm-hmm. talk about great teams. like I, I think about Chris Hodges, who we adore. Chris says, the greatest thing you'll ever do in life is build a great team. Yeah. And the desire for that us conferences is us saying we want to build a massive army, we want to build a team. It's all about team. It's 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 we, not me, it's all those things. Team, you we all grew up playing team sports. Yeah. And and individual sports are all right, they're all right. But team sports, <laughs> yeah, like I sure. know that. Yeah, and team sports allow you to understand life is about role playing. That's it. Playing your role in every social dynamic. I'm just trying to figure out what's my role. Oh, you want me to be the loud, funny guy today? All right, we can do that. You want me to be the listener? All right. Just talk to me about not just what makes great teams. We can get on to that. I want to know what kills
3: great teams. I think the thing that kills great teams the quickest is not understanding where the boundaries are. And so when we think about basketball, all of us play basketball, uh, football to some degree, Imagine playing basketball with no out-of-bounds lines or watching it. The game would go on forever. Football would be terrible to watch with no out-of-bounds. But the thing that we love about it is these players have to create within the confinement of boundaries. What kills a team is a team that does not understand the boundaries that they're supposed to be creative within. And so when we see teams break down, it's because someone – does not know where the boundary is for them to create.
2: That's great. And I I like to just joke around. I say, hey, clear expectations up front eliminate 93.8% of drama. Wow. (laughs) I just made made that stat up. (laughs) It sounds correct. If if you lay out that expectation, what's expected, the boundary, the value, what we're going to measure, what's important to us, I agree with that. I'm going to add another one. But I think the number one killer of culture, of a marriage, of a business, of a partnership, of uh, a church, lack of communication is the number one number killer one. of culture. Yeah. Because yeah. why? When you don't communicate, you start assuming. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start assuming, the brain has a bias for negativity. You're going to start assuming negative stuff. Yeah. So don't be a mind reader, over communicate. That's right. Don't assume. Don't think that send the text, make the phone call. Yep, and then we're not communicating. You're not connecting. So that would be the, then the, the so the first one so is boundaries. Second is communication. The third one is the leaders are all about the performer, not the person. Wow, it's all about what you're doing instead of who you are. Right. So relationships, connecting, knowing your backstory, knowing, you know, family, knowing what your goals are. Asking, hey man, what are your goals? I want to help you get there. Hmm. It's all about this is your job at the church. I only give you feedback on your job. I'm not
1: going to follow you. Right. Toxic. Pastor Brian says it this way. He says, the people that I'm building church with, I live life with. Yeah. So what the prop, the disconnect is anytime I'm on a team, but I don't I'm not in relationship with or in community with or I don't care about. Mm. So what makes great teams? Great relationships, great community. What, 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 what is the foundation of all relationships? Trust, communication, respect. Yeah. So you show me a team that has trust, communication, and respect, I'll show you a team that's gonna fly. Absolutely. The dysfunction that happens within teams usually goes back to gossip, yep. drama, uh, lack of conflict resolution. I'm always – you can't be on a team without conflict. For sure. Like a, like a family or a marriage. Where you
2: constantly avoid, delay, hide, don't even address it, and it's just festers, it gets builds, and it just it, it, it. explodes. And you wait till it
1: explodes. That's it. That And that kills the team. And what kills the team is that it's – to use a scripture, catch for us the little foxes yeah. that spoil the vineyard. Yeah, it's it's that snag in the carpet that if you don't deal with it right oh, away, it's going to cause unrattle. a mess. <laughs> and that's what I usually feel like kills teams. It's little things. It's comments. It's rolling of the eye. It's questioning. It's pride.
2: Passive aggressiveness.
1: Passive yeah. aggressiveness. Just you see, it demolish and you know when you hire people, you you look at an employee, you go, okay. Are they competent? Do they have character? Um, here's the biggest one to me. Can they add to the chemistry? Yeah. And if they don't add to the chemistry, then they're going to hurt the chemistry. That's so good. And, and, and so you could be the smartest and you could be godly. But if you don't put some oil on this thing with us, you're going to take away from Absolutely. the chemistry. And that is what's going to kill our team. And I also think about this phrasing. Are you grinding or are you grooving?
3: Hmm.
2: I love what we do as always. You guys party with a purpose. So you have fun. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Yes. When we meet together and pray and conference and work on you know, outreach, yeah. man, if we're not having fun, it's going to be hard to it's grow God's kingdom. Man, if it's all like stress and anxiety and pressure and negativity and like
1: intense, it's like, yeah, we got to like do some work, but like, let's have some fun. Well, I always think morale builds momentum. Yes. So everybody wants momentum, but it starts with morale first. So you, m- momentum doesn't show up without morale. You, you never see it in a church or a business or any organization. It's always the morale that just combusts all the momentum. And, and who doesn't want momentum in leadership? Yeah. So if you want momentum, it's like get the pizza,
3: get, get, put, put on the playlist. To to speak to that chemistry and morale, I was talking to an exec that works at Disney World, goes to our church, and she was sharing with me, for a holiday season position of six weeks, you go through two months of training. So you go through two months of training for a six-week holiday position because it's important that you understand the culture that you are investing into and that's willing to invest in you, even though they know your position is only six weeks. It's more important to them that you understand what you're getting into than what they're going to be pulling out of you. And I asked her this question. I said, why do you invest so much money? Why do you invest so much time? Why do you invest so much resources into a six-week position? She says, because the idea is if a guest comes into the park and they meet this person, even in fulfilling a temporary job, we want them to understand and know that they've still had the best time of their life. They don't know how long that person's working there. Which brought me to this thought. We're known by one of two things as leaders, the problems that we solve or the problems that we create. <laughs> right. That's it. That's that the only good. two things that we will be known for the problems that we solve or the problems that we create. So invest in the unseen things to create chemistry, morale, so that when we come together as a staff, when we come together as a team, even if it's for a temporary season or position, yep. what we put in has eternal ramifications.
2: And I'll just riff off that I was uh, giving shout out to my dude Steve Drum, Navy Seal, yeah. vet, talking about leadership and anxiety and stress and pressure. And we shared this with you before. He says calling anxiety and stress, and when people are one, they're not performing. That anxiety is a is a breakdown in leadership. Mm. Think of when you were anxious at work or a part of a team. It was probably because that leader was creating problems or creating anxiety, creating stress because they weren't educating, weren't proactive, or negative and just nitpicking and just so i think leaders like what environment are you creating yeah. are you training are you proactively equipping teaching them and the word culture to me is the way we do things yeah so model model the behaviors get them prepared but are you the problem or are you are this like solution that's yeah. What's great
1: yeah i love that and and you watch um that's why I think if you're bought into team, mm-hmm. you know, we have an advantage. We, we, we grew up playing teams. We, you're probably on teams since you were eight, nine years old. Um, when you're part of a team, you know when the team has it, and you know when the team doesn't have yeah. it. And so you're always worried first about team. It reminds me of, you, you kind of used this earlier today in your message, this, the Seahawks on the one-yard line, you know, we throw an interception, hand the ball off. I did chapel for them the next year during preseason, um, down in San Diego, they're playing the Chargers in preseason, and you could feel in the room the dissension, the 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 questioning, the 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 animosity. Even though this happened months ago, yeah. and everybody got to go to Cancun and Cabo, <laughs> there's still that, you know. So you got to deal with it. You got to meet it head on, and if not dealt with head-on. I think about Earl Thomas when he got carded off the, the field. Yeah. He's still angry. angry. So you got to deal with these things. you got to deal with them within the... Yeah. It, you know, it, to go to Ecclesiastes, it says, unless the sentence against an evil deed mm-hmm. is executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men are given over to do evil. Wow. What the Bible's really saying is if you don't handle something quickly, the heart's going to turn bad.
2: Yeah. And so
1: deal with things quick. But
2: watch this. A... A cut that is jagged in lies, deceit, delay, it, it scars, it doesn't heal. A clean cut, clean, is going to heal. That's right. right. A that's clean gonna heal that's fast, it's going to heal. That's It's going to. There's not going to be a scar. No. Nope. So err on that. But I feel like leaders, you're in that position because you have the hard conversations. Yep. yep. If you can't have the hard conversations, you're not fit to lead. You're that's not. part of the job description. I'm sorry, so but it is. it is. It sucks.
1: It's scary. That fear never goes away. Nope. But that's part of the job. So practice it. Yeah, just get good at it. Yeah. You, uh, I want to go to the next subject, and that is goes right along with what you're saying is this phrase, this quote, your talent can take you where your character can't keep you. Mm. So it's a scary thought to go talent can get you there, but it's actually character that keeps you there. Absolutely. So, you know, praise God that you're so gifted. I think I'm so enamored. I'm so in awe of gifts and talents. They are, oh my, they're overwhelming. A comedian, a singer, a poet, a writer, a producer, talent, entrepreneur, business, brilliant mind. I mean, we see talent, God, God-given talent. This, yeah. p- people just wake up with it. They didn't buy it. They didn't earn it. They didn't de- it's just the grace of God. The scary thing about talent is it can just get you into crazy, amazing rooms, crazy, amazing places, crazy amount of money, but it's your character that's going to keep you there. Talk to me about how important it is that we are not seduced into putting more inventory into our talent and neglecting our character.
3: Yeah. Uh, You know, talent is the public version of you that everyone sees. They're drawn to. It's a gravitation to that. The character is the account that you invest in that no one will ever see and if we don't invest into that account regardless of what everyone else sees that account of character integrity uh pursuing uh, what it is that god desires for us will remain empty and end up robbing us of the gifts and talents that we have that's why david says in the old testament the lord is my shepherd i have no wants So if we get what we want, we compromise the ability to get what it is that we need. So think about this, the only reason we fail is because we actually get what we want. Mm -hmm. We we invest in the gifts, we invest in the talents, we invest in the public version of us, and we tank what it is that we need, which is to build up the character, the integrity, uh, pursuing the right thing, which is where we get the word righteous from. And oftentimes we see athletes, entertainers, we see um, influential people invest, spend so much time, resources and money into what people see that they don't spend it on what they should see. And they get to the positions and can't stay there because they don't have the substance to keep them there. And so, you know, it's um, an author, his name is, his name is uh, Tim, not me, but he, he, he writes in these series of books about the habits that we create every single day. And he uses this iceberg illustration that we all know. But he, he says something super fascinating. He said, if our gifts and our talents are on the surface, then what we do beneath the surface should take more time, should take more investment, should take more accountability to help protect what people see. And so we are as strong as we are accountable.
2: And I'll add to this. That when I think of the word talent, I also think of skill. Yeah. Talents given, skill is earned and developed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're only allowing yourself, your gifting to just be limited to your talents, you can only go so far. And then you get sloppy because some, some people are so talented, they can just show up and execute, you know, but it's creating bad habits. Yep. So I, I look at, I'll take skill over talent. Absolutely. Because skill is a devotion. It's a, yep. this craft development. It's That's this right. commitment. It's this curiosity. It's this belief that I can, my brain's malleable. Mm. I'm not defined by this. I can mm. learn and grow. I want to keep developing. Because to me, fulfillment, aside from God's word and faith, it's mm. in growth and development. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's improving. So the moment you say, I'm good, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm talented enough, I've been doing this for, you're dead. And there's only so limits you can go. So I I look at like really having a culture of skill development, improving this 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 need, desire to constantly improve. So I look at aside from character, I think of skill, too.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. I was watching this clip this last week of uh, Alan Iverson telling a story about Kobe. He said Kobe picked him up from the airport. They go out to eat. They have a great dinner. Kobe, you know, wanted to ask him questions. So they're both in the prime. And so Kobe goes to drop him off at the hotel. They're done with dinner. And so uh, Kobe says, what, what, "What are you doing now? Are you going to go to bed?" And Alan says, "Oh, well, I'm I'm headed to the club." He said, "What are you doing?" And Kobe said, "I'm headed to the gym." Gym, that's it. And that tells the tale of their two lives. I'm head, one's headed to sk- develop skill, and one's headed to just go have fun, yeah. enjoy life, and just we. His famous line: "We talk about practice. Yeah. You know, just live. I'm living off my talent, yeah. not developing
2: but, my skill." But the, the world evolves. If you're resting in your talent, look at what COVID taught us. If you're not evolving your skills yeah. Yeah. and have, have a character of growth, That's of it. improvement, of advancing, learning. Yeah. Man, leaders need to evolve. Yep. You have to be rooted in character, but we if you're if you just say this is all we've, how we've always done it, and this is how I've always done it, you're dead. Yeah.
1: That's it. You're done. I like what you have to say on this subject. I think about some things that some content you have is how high is your say-do ratio? Mm-hmm. Because that builds self confidence that- be, and by the way, it, others will never trust me if I don't trust myself, yeah, so the way that I garner more respect or more trust is I respect myself and I trust myself, and if I do that, then other people they can kind of just feel that, they kind of know, they sense it. Mm. I always think you know whenever I step on, on a stage, I feel like I got three seconds, yeah. three, yeah, and people go like "I'm in or I'm out, absolutely yeah, three. <laughs> And, and that, like, the iceberg illustration is beautiful because if I've been doing the work, that's it. when you step on, people go, I don't know what it is. Something, though. But there's something there. I'll follow. Yeah. I'll trust.
2: Well, I feel like this is, like, pheromone, though. It's, like, a, it's hard for people to, to believe you if you don't believe yourself yeah. and just trust that I'm prepared. I'm built for this. I'm in it for the right reasons. I, I can't control what you think. I can't control how I show up but but it's like you have to i mean but part of it is just loving what you do man yeah when you love what Absolutely. you do that's it that's, that's it. it i don't care what you think and if it's not right for you great find somebody else but like i'm in it. i love people i love my craft let's go that's it
3: and it's deeper than gifts yep you know you two are amazing communicators and you were talking about the 3 second deal but the reason people follow you is because you feed them we follow what feeds us yeah and so when there's something that feeds us, it's bigger than a gift. Yep. It's deeper than talent. Yep. It's deeper than skill. Yep. It has to be something that feeds our soul and our spirit that yep. you've been investing in yourself. You've yep. been investing in yourself. And when people see it, they don't know what they're seeing, but they know it's special.
1: That's it. They do. You know? They do because, you know, my mind touches the mind. Yep. Heart touches a heart. Spirit touches a spirit. Yep. And if you're available and you're prepared and you're living that life. You can touch minds, hearts, and spirits all in the same, you know, service or or presentation in, in your field. So I always think it's it, it, so much of it goes back to preparedness that's it. and not living off talent. Yeah. yeah. But I also think to to,
2: to ha- have people be drawn to you, hmm. being authentic. Yes. Is so important and so powerful. But have you done the work to know who you are?
3: Man.
2: Yeah. So, so, so th- to this morning I said, "Where are you?" question two is who are you
1: yeah mm. i love that yeah. where are you and who, who are, you? are you? those are
2: the two every leader needs to know where am i am i here am i present or but but who am i yeah and it's it's hard for people to follow your your purpose and your mission if if you don't love or know who you are
1: yeah right it, it's a it's a cheesy saying you know it, it, forgive me we've been saying it for so long sometimes these things just become so natural they lose its power but I think it's really true when you're saying this. You don't know who you are until you know whose you are. Yeah. This is a, a truth out of Luke four with Jesus being tempted and three times. And every time the enemy came to tempt Jesus, he always challenged identity. Yeah. So it wasn't just the caveat of what he would offer. It was the challenge of identity mm-hmm. and questioning. Did God really forgive you or call you righteous? Or it's all, that's what he first threatens is identity. Yeah. Yeah. I love
2: this. So, um, I used to struggle with confidence because mm. it was all about performing tied to worth. Mm. And I would always be micromanaging. how that look? What do they think? Am I worthy of this? So the narcissist and the imposter are very similar. Mm. They're like their like brother, sister, the narcissist needs the validation needs to prove where the imposter needs all as well because they don't believe right mm. so the moment i think what's changed my ability to, to speak and i have a lot to learn is it's not about me people aren't judging me they're not critiquing me they're not analyzing me as much as they got three seconds i'm gonna do me bro let's go yeah and it's it's for his glory and like when this is over they go back to their own life that's right. they go back to their problems that's right they're not no one goes to bed analyzing your mistakes so just lean into it and it's so freeing yeah it's so freeing when I say I'm gonna do the work' I'm, you're so prepared today yeah like so prepared the four points the analogies the animals oh. like it was so beautifully crafted yes but it was delivered in an authentic mm. yep just this is your craft man mm. yep and and it's your style and my styles different yep Your style is your your way. There's no right or wrong. Just who are you? Live in that. It's for his
1: glory. It's not about you. That's right. And that goes back to number one, no ego amigo. I love that. Here's, I want to finish here. We'll just do four. This is the fourth and the final one. I want to, I want to talk about how important is it to be seen and known? How important is it to have real relationships, genuine, authentic relationships someone really knows you someone really sees the good the bad and the ugly how important is that as a leader and what are some of the the downfalls of nobody knows me and nobody really sees what's going on behind closed doors
3: yeah uh two thoughts the first one is this i was watching uh interview um denzel washington was having with jamie Foxx, and he said something that stuck out to me jamie Foxx asked him what is the best advice you've given your kids that are in the movie industry and he says i told them don't worry about being seen worry about being good he said because oftentimes wow. actors desire to be seen everywhere and so the the conversations surrounding certain actors is, I see them everywhere. They're in this movie, they're in that movie, they're in that movie. He says, and if you're being seen that much, you're not being good. And so he said, my desire for myself and my kids is not that we would be seen, there has to be some type of mystique to it so that when people see you, they know it's going to be good. For a leader, there has to be both this tension that we live in of visibility and hidden. So that we can continue to work on this gift that God has given us to store up the godly character, to work on our heart, to work on our integrity, to work on the things that he's given us His as assets so that when people see us, it's good.
2: And yeah. I, I like this phrasing, see and be seen, hear and be heard. Yeah. So it starts with see, see and be seen. So it's like you're seeing first, you're looking, you're acknowledging, hear and be heard. So you have to, to be heard, you have to hear first. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's those first. But I also I go back to talk about this is about the leaners, leadership, lean in. I don't think we talked about this the first time we did our episode, but I'll ask ask you guys, how do you define the word leadership?
1: I think I define it two ways. Leadership. One word.
2: Influence Hmm. from John C. Maxwell. Maxwell. Okay, this is kind of tying your question. How do you define the word influence in one word? leaners listen to this podcast on your run doing dishes you know in the car ride how would you define the word influence
1: nothing comes to mind right away that i think will be brilliant enough for me to as, say it's <laughs> one word that's tough yeah that's what i'm saying one this word is,
2: this is like improv like what you got in your heart
3: one word influence i would say for me gravity
2: Mm, expand.
3: What we gravitate towards.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: And so if if there's a, a pull, there, there's there's a, a pulling me in yes. closer yep. because I know. Yep. Wow. They have something that I need.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I was going to use the word transfer.
3: Ooh. Because it's a transfer wow. belief. Wow.
1: Leadership is a transfer. Yeah. What I believe, yes. what I think, what I how I see the world, how I dress, the music I listen to, so the good. coffee I drink, I'm transferring That's so good. all all that Come I am, on. I'm transferring that to you. It's a deposit I make. So good. And so when I have people that are influencing me, I'm saying transfer all you got. Absolutely.
2: That's so good. You want my answer? Yeah. Yes. I like to keep things simple, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was some deep stuff. And I, I loved it. But I like to keep things simple. So th- think of this: think if we're on a whiteboard, we got leadership arrow, influence. How do you lead people if you can't influence them in some way? Mm-hmm. You know, but influence. I'm curious: what's influence? Arrow value. Hmm. The word value. You can't influence anybody. That's right. Unless you make their life better, you solve a problem, you help them, you transfer. Um, an energy or you create this this gravitational pull so to answer your question sometimes it's seen sometimes it's not seen Mm -hmm. it goes back to character it goes back to ego how am i bringing value today so good that's leadership yeah are you bringing value to them to the purpose or for you if it's about you you don't influence Yeah. yeah
1: I think that maybe maybe I'm not framing the, the question correctly. Well, the genesis for this question for me is like, we have these friends that started a men's weekend. Uh, I won't say where. I don't want to expose these guys. It, 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 all of this started, this men's weekend, this getaway. They bring in a speaker. It's a really great time. One of their best friends, these are older guys in their 60s, very successful business guys. One of their best friends committed suicide. Hmm. And they never knew he was struggling, depressed. They never knew him. So I think my question is like, how important is it for you to take your mask off? And they go, this is like, I'm bleeding. I'm not good. Like, this is where I'm at. I I think you talk
2: about gravity. Yeah. In my opinion, you can chime in. The number one tool you have to draw people in to connect is vulnerability. Absolutely. But it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable yeah and to be real i think the problem is as leaders we tell ourselves we got to be perfect yep. yeah. have to have all the answers yep. you know can't show weakness i would say you're exactly wrong yeah yep. um, the best speakers leaders they're courageous to expose their yep. fears their, where they where they've fallen short and say i'm walking along with you yep. so if if you're not asking for help Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That's a scary place to be in. So, But that's creating a culture and a character around, hey, be yourself. And, and uh, so, so Google did this research. I shared this with you last time. Google researched what's the number one employee need. And the answer is psychological safety. So if you aren't modeling that behavior mm-hmm. in your marriage, and your relationships, at work, you have to model that. Yes. Yeah.
3: As, a, as a leader, it's impossible to have sustainability mm-hmm. at the highest level without accountability. And so what you're talking about, this this need for real, true community, it doesn't come through proximity mm. because there are people that are close to us that aren't transparent with us. Yep. The only way healing happens is if we open ourselves up and say, OK, this is what is actually going on on the inside. I need help. And we see leaders that are leading, we see leaders that were leading, we see leaders that desire to lead, yeah. that don't have a lifestyle of accountability. What is accountability? Accountability is being disciplined yeah. when I don't have to be. Mm. That's accountability. Telling someone when I don't have to. All of us are grown men. We don't have, have to, to call to do we don't yeah. have to call people and say, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. But true accountability is saying, you know what? I'm going to do this when I don't have to. Mm. And that is a sign. I love that. Of healthy leadership. Yep,
1: that's exactly right. Yep. And I think the more that you do that, the more you understand. It's an old saying, but it's like people admire your strengths. They relate with your weaknesses. Absolutely. And you create safety. You create. I feel like the more vulnerable, the more transparent you are, the more people go like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It actually, it does. it's so counterintuitive. Because it's like we think if we show weakness, we get, yeah yeah people are gonna yeah, shun, shun us, us yeah. or you treat us different. It's like they're endeared. Yeah, they they love you. They love you more, and so but it takes extreme confidence to do that.
2: Extreme yeah. confidence, extreme faith. Yeah, to do that. You yeah, know, that I don't have to prove myself. So look at these these two. Uh, these are two dueling mindsets. Yeah, approve mindset versus an improve mindset. Hmm. Mm. Are you just trying to prove? Yeah. Prove you're vulnerable, you're, I'm just trying to improve. That's it. So, so whether good. I get vulnerable, whether I'm not,
1: whether I ask for help, whether you ask for help, I let's just have a culture of, of improving, not having I to love prove. That. That's so That's good. It. And, when you, and when you, I mean, think about that. When you're leading from a place that you have nothing to prove, a lot of oh, what you're saying today, a so faux-po, getting rid of fear of other people's opinions. Yeah. When you get rid of that faux and you're driven truly by, I'm talking about starting with why is the next series we're doing at church. But when you're driven by pure motives and pure intentions, leadership is real fun. Absolutely. It's, it's like it, no ego amigo. This is the mission. This is what we're about. I got, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about my work. I'm driven to reach people and serve the people in front of me. That's a fun yeah. place to when be. When I would
2: say this, like God made man and woman in, in his image. Yeah. Culture is make the culture in your image. Mm. What's important to you? What, what's viable to you? Um, do you like fun? Do you like creativity? Do you like service? So it's like, decide how you want to experience it, how you want to feel it, talk about it. But, but still, there's no rules. Yeah. yeah, There's no rules, but you need to have some, have it, have it designed a certain way, but I just feel like, I don't think leaders spend the time, like do the reflective work, either through coaching or through That's collaboration it. or through, let's get our, our team together and let's talk about what do we value Always about the values, and yep. let's let's define it. Let's
1: live it. I love that. Let's live it. Define it and live it, yeah. fellas. Thank you so much for joining Leadership Lean In the podcast. We got a YouTube channel now, by the way. We just this is the second one on the new YouTube channel. I love it. Subscribe <laughs> <and> <laughs> let's <comment>. go. <laughs> We're very excited. We love you guys. We'll thank see you. you soon. Thank you so much, Leadership Lean In. We'll see you next episode.